الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ابو بكر في الجنه وعمر في الجنه وعثمان في الجنه وعلي في الجنه وطلحه في الجنه والزبير في الجنه وعبد الرحمن بن عوف في الجنة وسعد بن أبي وقاص في الجنة وسعيد بن زيد في الجنة وأبو عبيدة بن الجراح رضي الله تعالى عنهم أجمعين في الجنة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي درشي بالله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an's love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was love that one cannot measure, unprecedented love. <coughs> Once in a gathering Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam mentioned that there are three things which he personally loved that Allah gave him in this dunya and in answer to that Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sitting there Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an responded by saying Hubbiba ilayya min ad-dunya thalathun O Messenger of Allah and the companions that were there that there are also three things which Allah has given me in this dunya which are most beloved to me which I treasure and the first thing from the three he said annazru ila wajhi rasulillah subhanallah he said that the greatest ni'mah is when the eyes of Abu Bakr Siddiq fall on the face of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this was unique character of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala why because he was given many opportunities where in the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on many occasions he and Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam were completely alone take for an example during the time of Hijrat this is unique with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. No one else was there for that entire duration of Hijrah from Makkatul Mukarramah to Madinatul Munawwara. The only company to Huzur alayhi salam was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the third was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam said to him, Ma ra'yuka ya Abu Bakrin, what is your opinion O Abu Bakr that with the two, the third is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So 
there have been many instances where Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala has been blessed with this favor that he himself was in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam would see him directly on the face and he would see Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. Some of the companions have mentioned that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam before proceeding towards the musalla to lead the people to prayers, Absalallahu alayhi wasallam would turn back to see who was behind him. It was always the case that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar Farooq were there and he would smile at both of them. Subhanallah. This is the, the love that Absalallahu alayhi wasallam had for Shaykhan and Shaykhan as in Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar Farooq had for Huzur alayhi salam. Secondly, he said, وَأَنْ يَكُونَ بِنْتَ بِنْتِي تَحْتِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Honor given to me is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed my daughter Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha to be in the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was again straight after the death of Hazrat Khadija al-Kubra. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam loved her dearly and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in return gave Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha the daughter of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an in the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So in relationship, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the father-in-law to Rasulullah. And that status is also given to Hazrat Umar Farooq, that the daughter of Hazrat Umar Farooq, Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was also in the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So both Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar Farooq are father-in-law in relations. And Hazrat Uthman and Hazrat Ali are son-in-laws to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Finally he said that وَأَنْ يَكُونَ إِنْفَاقُ مَالِي عَلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah has blessed me that the wealth that Allah had given me. Like I had mentioned that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was a very rich man. Allah had blessed him with a lot of wealth. And the third thing was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an with wealth. And all that wealth was given to Huzur alayhi salatu was salam. When we look at the service of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the main part, the main portion where the hujra is, where Huzur alayhi salatu was salam would stand in the masjid. That part of land was also bought by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Land belonged to Hazrat Sahal and Suhail, two young boys. And Huzur alayhi salatu was salam when he came to Medina, he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that this is the land that I want and this is where we will build Masjid, Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And very Casually, he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Abu Bakr Siddiq, pay for this land. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam would use the money of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an as if it was his own money. And this character was only with Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Money came, he would give to Hazrat Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, ayyakuna infaqu mali ala Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That these are the three things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me with in this dunya.
Another great service of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was the service of Qur'an that he provided. He himself was a great Hafiz of the Qur'an. Uh, and he completed his Qur'an hivs very early in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every time a revelation wahi came to him, he was one of the first ones to memorize the wahi of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. And when I say about, when I, uh, when I mention the word hafiz, it's not about verbally just reading the Quran from Alif Lamin to Kul Audu Birabbin Nas. Hafiz in the time of Sahaba Ikiram Ajma'in meant that they would know the tafsir of every single ayah that was revealed to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. And above that, they would even practice and make amal on every verse of the Qur'an. This is uh, the meaning of Hafiz uh, in the context of uh, the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the companions. In the battle of Yamama during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, many of the Hufaz were made shaheed, many Hufaz. And when Hufaz were made shaheed, in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there was no written form of the Qur'an. Every time wahi came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam would memorize it. In the early stage, Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam would repeat the words of the wahi of revelation very, very quickly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به don't rush, don't hasten yourself in the recitation of the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one. He has taken the responsibility to seal and secure the Qur'an in your heart. That is why the name Qur'an comes out from the word Qara'ah. And Qara'ah means recitation. A book that will be recited frequently, perpetually, all the time. In namaz we recite the Qur'an, in the month of Ramadan we recite the Qur'an. To recite the Qur'an, it is part of a person's life. When he wakes up, he wants to recite the Qur'an. Before sleeping, one should recite the Qur'an. It is very important. One man would come in the khidmat of Hazrat Umar Farooq continuously, and he would say to Hazrat Umar Farooq that, I am a miskeen, I have no money, if you can support me. Hazrat Umar Farooq would support him with money, wealth and then he would come again after a few days and he kept on coming to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala said to him that go and read the Qur'an, this is your wealth it is said that he made amal on the instructions of Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala the minute he recited the Qur'an MashaAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the doors for him, opened the doors of risk for him. That is why the ulama have said that if someone is finding it difficult, he's earning livelihood, then what he should do is before going to sleep or after Maghrib Salah, read Suratul Waqi'ah. InshaAllah ta'ala, the minute you read Suratul Waqi'ah and that comes into your habit, into your system, you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up you, the doors of risk. Somebody has got a lot of qarz on his head. There are numerous du'as in the hadith. One very famous du'a 
of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min al-hamni wal-huzni wa na'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasli wa na'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhli wa na'udhu bika min ghalabati al-dayn wa kahri al-rijal aw kama qala alayhi salatu wa salam so when a person reads this dua, this dua is jami' dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help him. Like I said once, Hazrat Badr radiallahu ta'ala was a businessman. And every time he invested his money anyway, it was khasara, it was nuksan for him. Uzur alayhi salatu wa salam went to him. And these are special duas that Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave to special people, his companions. And he said to Hazrat Badr, Ya Badr, ta'al come here and read this every day in the morning. Bismillahi ala nafsi, bismillahi ala ahli wa mali, Allahumma raddini bima qadayta li, wa'afini fima abqayta, hatta la uhibbu ta'ajila ma akharta, wa la ta'akhira ma ajjalta. This is the dua that he gave to the companions. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an when the Hufaz were made shaheed Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an came to him and said to him that what we should do is compile the Quran in a book form in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Quran was written on leather quran Kareem was written on palm leaves Quran Kareem was memorized. Some people wrote Quran Kareem on even material and different different uh, elements. The Quran Kareem was preserved. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and said to Hazrat Umar Farooq that this is a task, most difficult task that you asked me to do. Why? Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has not mentioned anything about this. A lot of the Salafiyah people and those who are Ahl Hadith, they are very, they want to pinpoint very quickly that where is this in the Hadith? Where is this in the Hadith? Well, if it is not in the Hadith, then the Fuqaha have said that there is also another thing what is known as Ijtihad. To take out and derive Masail from the Quran and the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which the companions did. Here, Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam did not instruct Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. And this is what he said to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala that this is very, very difficult that you ask me. Nevertheless, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala accepted the mashwira of Hazrat Umar Farooq and he called Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit. And Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala was only 21 years in age. And that responsibility was given to him that you go and collect all the written forms of the Qur'an and compile it into a book form. And he was one great hafiz of the Qur'an. He was katibe wahi. Whenever wahi came up, sallallahu alayhi wasallam would read it first to the companions and the companions would commit that to memory. MashaAllah, this is why it is unique uh, in Islam, the preservation of the Qur'an. In the time of Mamun Rashid, a Khalif, uh, a Christian missionary would come in his majlis, in his gathering. And his majlis was a majlis of all the scholars, 
all the ulama would sit and they would debate on Masail. And mashallah, he would allow everyone to come. Maybe today it was a great shock in Jumu'ah for a lot of the people when they saw uh, that there were cameramen here and they were filming uh, the, the way we Muslims pray Salah and the way uh, khutbah is performed. Subhanallah, I think what is very important that we need to open up a bit. We have to show the society that we live in that we are not making bombs in our masjid. It is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Please come and see. Masail change. There was a time in India when the ulama gave fatwa, it was haram to learn English. Can we apply that fatwa now? No. Subhanallah. So we have to, we are living in this society. We have to make sure that the people know the doors of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is open. Yes, there was a time when uh, we did not need to do all this. But certainly after 9-11, things have changed completely for the Muslim. And things will get even more difficult for the Muslims. Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam has said, for the Muslimin, as time draws closer to the day of Qiyamah, Islam will get very difficult for them. If they want to practice Islam, it will be difficult. So we have to be a bit transparent, a bit open. If they wish to come, mashallah, they should have a look at the masjid, how we pray salah, how we do ruku, how we do sujood. Sheikh Riyazul Haq, who was the Imam of the Masjid in Birmingham, and he is also the Khalifa of Mawlana Yusuf Mutala Sab. Mawlana Yusuf Mutala Sab has got connection obviously with this, uh, with uh, Sheikh Riyazul Haq Sab. And when Panorama wanted to do their documentary, I believe it was for three to four or five sessions they came every Jumu'ah in the Birmingham Masjid, Jamia Masjid, whilst he was doing the bayad. So we have to be a bit open. And this is what Mufti Taqi Saab has also mentioned. Mufti Taqi Saab. As, as for the Muslims in Europe, we have to work with shikma. We can't just close the door for everyone. So there is tartib, alhamdulillah, we are not doing anything that is wrong. There are conditions. There are there is no music involved, A. There is no women, Gair Maharam, Maharim, Kasin Yaha, Nahi Hai. Or Tisri Jeez Kya Hai. It is entirely connected to the Deen, the Deen, the Sharia. So, Alhamdulillah, we should do it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And this is Ishtihad. We do Ishtihad. Whatever is right for the community, what is good. And mashallah, we had an opportunity to speak to this journalist for about one hour. And when we spoke to him, he would listen attentively what Islam is and what the Muslims are going through. Naturally, when this journalist, when this brother goes back, uh, he will pass on the information, pass on the news that this is the reality, this is the difficulty for the Muslimin. So if, even if you look at the Khilafat, the doors were open. In the Majlis of Mamun Rashid, Christian missionaries would come and they would listen to 
the debates that Muslims would do at that time. And Mahmoud Rashid knew that he was a Christian missionary. And he knew so much of Islam that once Mahmoud Rashid said to him that you know so much information of the Quran, why don't you embrace Islam? Why don't you become Muslim? So he said to Mahmoud Rashid that uh, it is not the right time yet for me to become a Muslim. And he walked out in the majlis of Mahmoud Rashid. And he said that he came after one year. When he came after one year, he said to Mahmoud Rashid that now I want to become Muslim and I will read the kalima in front of you. Mahmoud Rashid said to him all of a sudden when I told you to become a Muslim you said no. Now after one year you want to embrace Islam. He says I wanted to test, I put the Quran to test. He said I'm a rich man. What I did is that I opened up a shop in the marketplace where Muslims and Christians are and I would sell to them the copy of the Quran and the copy of the Bible but it is that copy which I myself with my own hands what I did was jumbled up all the sentences and the words of the Quran and the words of the Bible so one verse in Surah Al-Baqarah I put that verse in Surah Al-Nisa the verse of Surah Al-Nisa in Surah Rahman the verse of Surah Rahman in Surah Yasin so all the ayats were not in the right order and that is what I did with the Bible and I wanted to test the Quran and test the Bible to see which is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is said that the Muslims would come and buy the copy of the Quran the Christians would come and buy the copy of the Quran the Christians would take the Bible, take the copy and go home and would not come back but the Muslims whenever they would buy the Quran go home and they would bring the copy back and they would say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah what you are doing this is not the Quran this is not the Quran there are so many misprints here and every single copy of the Quran was returned back to me and he says now I know that it is Allah who has taken the responsibility of preserving the Quran and that Quran is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is why I come to you and I testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his messenger so much knowledge is subhanallah in the Quran my respected brothers so Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala an what he did is that for the first time in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam a copy of the Quran was compiled and that copy would stay with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala after the death of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that copy came to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala after the demise of Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala that copy went to the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the daughter of Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an when he was forced to leave Makkah as he was coming out Ibn Duganna who was a mushrik he saw Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an coming out of Makkah al-Mukarramah he was a mushrik and he said to him that Abu Bakr Siddiq where are you going? he said that the people of Makkah don't want me in their city one by one 
Abdullah had given permission to the companions. It was only Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq who was there with Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam. Later on, it was the hikmah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Abu Bakr Siddiq, now even you do hijrat. So Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was going out of Makkah al-Mukarramah. Ibn Duganna, who was a mushrik, he said, Abu Bakr, you can't go out of Makkah. You are a leader. You are a Qureshi. How can they tell you to get out of Makkah? And he says, you come with me and I will give you protection. Now it was very strange at that time for someone who was not a Qureshi to give protection to someone who was a Qureshi. This was asking for trouble. But Ibn Dugunna took that risk. And he took the Abu Bakr Siddiq back to Makkah al-Mukarramah. And he gathered all the leaders of the, of the Qureshi people, the, the tribes. And he said, I am giving Ijara protection. This was their, their custom to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, that let him stay in Makkah al-Mukarramah and don't give him any grief or trouble. And they all agreed, but with one condition. The ulama say that in the recitation, the kalam that came out from the mouth of Abu Bakr Siddiq, the kalam, kalamullah, the Quran that came out, had such an impact on the people that listened to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, that it was unbearable for them to stand there. They said to Ibn Duganna that with one condition, Abu Bakr Siddiq cannot come out from his house radiallahu ta'ala. If he wants to pray salah, he must pray in the house. So Ibn Duganna agreed, he came to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, he says, look, you stay here and for the time being, what you do is you pray your salat in the house. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was not, not like us, uh, that we, we pray salat very conveniently uh, in our homes. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and said to Ibn Dugunna, how can I pray my salat? How can I recite the Quran in the house? He says, never mind, if this is what they want, we will see. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and had a house which had a front garden. What he did is that he did not want to break the ijara, the protection of Ibn Dugunna by going out of the place where he lived. So what he did is that he started to pray his salat in the front yard. So he was not even breaking the promise. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq would stand there and he would say Allahu Akbar and recite the Quran. When he would read the Quran, all the women of Makkatul Mukarramah, Mushrikeen, the wives, their wives and their mothers, and the young ones, every single one of them would come out and listen to the Qiraat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, and they would all sit there and start to cry. Now the tribes, the leaders are watching from one side, what is happening here? And then everybody has surrounded the house of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Malana Ta'ullah Shah Bukhari rahmatullah in his khutubat, he has mentioned, and Malana Abdul Shakur Deen Puri rahmatullah has mentioned, that by the qiraat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, 17 people, mushrikeen, had embraced Islam in one majlis. 17 in one majlis. They came running to Ibn Dukunna. And they said that Ibn Dugunna, what is this? Huh? 
the promise that you made that he will not read the Quran. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and said that I have not broken the promise. Ibn Dugunna said that, well, what you have to do is you can't read the Quran even in the front yard. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and said to him that take away your protection. For me, the protection of Allah is yakfi sufficient. This was the power in the recitation of the Quran by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and he was the first man, first man in the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to compile the book, the Quran in a book form and the contents of the Quran, subhanallah. I have this article here, uh, some of the verses of the Quran refer to uh, all the scientific facts which the scientists have now recently understood well talking about fingerprints when the mushrikeen were talking to themselves and they said that on the day of qiyamah Allah is going to resurrect us and this body that will become dust how will this reconstruction of the entire body take place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayat kareema La uqsimu biyawmil qiyamah wa la uqsimu bin nafsil lawama ayahsabul insan allan najma'a izama bala qadirina ala an nusawwiya banana In the Arabic language banana specifically refers to this front part, the front finger and this front finger is used for finger, fingerprinting banana is sari poreko kate aga and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying specifically let alone any part of your body even this skin which is known as banana banana bay, noon, alif, noon, ha even this skin will be retrieved this is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and here it's written that no two fingerprints of any two humans are identical in the whole world or over the span of history, no two people in all the billions of humans now on the surface of the earth have identical fingerprints. Not even identical twins. They don't even have fingerprints that, that match each other. This remarkable fact has made all countries of the world adopt fingerprints as the subject of, a, of science that provides scientific proof in uh, improving the identity of an individual it might be sufficient to mention that fingerprints of an Egyptian mummy was taken and were found to be as good as contemporary fingerprints so that even that mummy who, who died perhaps in the time of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, even his fingerprint that was taken it is incredible in the 7th century for Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam to talk on this subject that ye pore banana this when the scientists uh, were doing the research on this ayat karima it is said many of them embraced Islam just on the word banana subhanallah and I was talking about this to uh, some of the, the non-muslims that came uh, Hindus and also Sikhs and some were Christian and, and they were talking about their scriptures and the contents of their scriptures inki to kya hai Gita kuch bhi nahi the Buddhists four days ago they came here uh, and imagine how hard they work uh, 
they are attracting people to this country from Canada, America by their website. And people from America, Canada are coming here in Leicester and they are Buddhists. So they came and they were saying that oh, we want to know what is the concept of uh, um, death in Islam and what will happen to Muslims after death. So I explained to them that what will happen to a Muslim after death, inshallah we will all go to Jannah. So I said to them, tell me what is the concept of death and what will happen to the Buddhists that, that die? And they looked at me and they said to me, you know, truthfully speaking, we really don't know. Wallahi <laughs> This is what they told me in the house of Allah. This is the, the people that we are dealing with. And they are so straightforward. They've got nothing to hide. They say, well, we don't have the knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum khayra ummatin You are the best from all the communities that came. Have we come in this dunya just for tijarat? Or just to work 9 to 5 in our offices and uh, is that all? Our fundamental duty is subhanallah to reach out to the people and to work hard to open the doors of Islam. Allah gives hidayat but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us ambassadors. We are responsible, the ummah. So we have to reach out. And I end, I won't take much of your time. Inshallah, just with this uh, last verse of the Quran. How beautifully in the Quran it is mentioned. I've even done a photocopy here. In Surah Al-Mu'mineen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in in that pattern of how insan is created. How insan. Now imagine in the time of Rasulullah, 7th century. No technology. Huzur alayhi salam is ummi, illiterate. He can't read, he can't write. In fact, at the time of Sulay Hudaybiya, when the Kuffar was saying that we don't accept your name to be Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We, we want you to rub out where it says Rasulullah. Hazrat Ali was there. Huzur alayhi salam said to him, Ali, take out that part where it says Rasulullah. Rub that. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala says, O Prophet of Allah, I can't do that. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam said to him, Ali, then tell me where it is written Rasulullah. This is how much of an ummi Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam was. As in just informing you the meaning of ummi. Warna, the knowledge that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam had, subhanallah, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from all his creation, no one had that knowledge. It was wahi, that direct connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself then rubbed that part, that portion where it said Rasulullah. So he was completely ummi. He did not know how to read and write and he is giving us such perfect information. Dr. Sabiha Batehwe, all, all the people, the, the medical team, when they, when they read this verse, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ سُلَالَةٍ مِنْ تِينَ ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُطْفَةً فِي قَرَارٍ مَكِينَ In the Arabic language, thumma, thumma, that everything that comes, how the, the body changes, Allah has used the word thumma, that means not straight away, with delay, in a sequence, that this is what happens first, this is what happens first, this is what happens first. 
in a tartib, the methodology. Quran Kareem Allah says, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ Only recently, the scientists and the doctors have understood that when the child is in the mother's stomach, the first organ that is created is the ear, then the eye. They were thinking that the eye is created first, then the ear is done, developed. But the Quran, wherever, whenever you read the verses of the Quran, it clearly mentions that the auditory system is created first, and then the eyes, والأبصار, والأفئدة, then the heart. This is the tarqib. And now research shows that when the, when the lady is five months pregnant, that entire ear is complete and the child can hear everything what the mother speaks. That is why Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam has said that during the period of pregnancy the mother should be very very careful she should recite the Quran continuously because when she, when she recites the Quran it has a direct impact on the child. That is why in this ummah we have seen so many buzurganideen awliyaullah that when they came out from the womb when they, they naturally knew portions of the Quran this is due to the mother reciting the Quran. And as far as uh, sight is concerned, research shows that after five weeks, after delivery, five weeks, the, the optical nerve is completed and, and the child can see. After five weeks, delivery ke baad. And the Quran, subhanallah, in the seventh century, Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is talking about Specifically, which organ on the face is created first? Quran, Quran says, First it is the ears, then it is vision, then it is the heart. And here, just listen to this beautiful translation. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. This is what we have to open up for the non-Muslims, explain to them that this detail is in the Qur'an of how we are created. When you talk to an ASIS, talk to him about this. How we are created, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. Explain to him the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the 7th century, this ayat karima was revealed. Ab sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the companions, we created man from an extract of clay. We created man from an extract of clay. Then we placed him as a drop of semen in a secure resting place. Take it okay. Tarjum. It's not perfect. Thumma ja'allahu nutfatan fi qararin makin. Nutfatan fi qararin makin. That nutfa, then it is placed in a secure resting place. Then Allah says, thumma again, with slight delay, nine months with slight delay. Then we turn the semen into a clot. Next we turn the clot into tissue. And then we turn the tissue into bone and clothed the bones with flesh. Then we reproduced him as a fresh creation. Blessed be Allah, the best of creators. SubhanAllah. 
Everything is mentioned in the Quran, my respected one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 1400 years ago, Allah says the mountains are like pegs. Like pegs. What will we understand of pegs? Waljibala awtada. But when you read the books, this doctor here, after uh, reading this verse, he was a non-Muslim, he became a Muslim. His name is Professor Parson. Professor Parson. The comments he, he gives to this verse in Surah Al-Mu'mineen, he says that it seems to me that Muhammad وسلم, was very ordinary man. He could not read or write. In fact, he was illiterate. We are talking about 1400 years ago, you have someone who was illiterate, making profound pronouncements and statements which are amazingly accurate about scientific nature. I personally see how this could be a mere chance. How can this be a chance? There are too many accuracies, and like the other doctors, I have no difficulty in my mind in concerning that this is divine inspiration or revelation which led him to these statements. And it is said that after that he took shahada. Everything is in the Quran. Subhanallah. And even uh, on the subject of uh, mountains being pegs, uh, there are pictures that show you exactly the meaning of the verse of the Quran, Waljibal Autada. It says here this book that was entitled Earth is uh, authored by this man whose name is Emeritus Frank. He was the science advisor to former US President Jimmy Carter and for 12 years was the president of the National Academy of Sciences in Washington. His book says that mountains have underlying roots, underlying roots, which the Quran has mentioned and has said that it is like a peg, autada. Autada means that it, it has got this strong foundation, uh, deep strong foundation. And this is in the time of Rasulullah. These roots are deeply embedded in the ground. First, mountains have a shape like a peg. These are his words. A non-Muslim. He says that the best description that I can describe that how the mountain is under the ground is that the mountain is like a peg, exactly as described in the Quran. I it ended that my respected brothers. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala's great khidmat of the Quran. Uh, we can continue on that. Uh, whilst on the subject of the Quran, I thought that uh, it would benefit the brothers here. I'm sure some of you might have uh, even read this and you might even have books. But this is what we have to do. We have to educate the non-Muslims and show to them uh, the contribution that Muslims have done on, uh, this, on the field of science, on, on these subjects. Insha'Allah Ta'ala, and you will see that they will listen to you. This is what the Quran says that the Christians are closer to you. Why? They don't have pride in them. Generally, they don't have pride. If you explain to them the truth, insha'Allah ta'ala, it will go inside them. So we have to work very, very hard. 
inshallah may Allah give us the tawfiq that uh, we die in the condition of iman we die in the state of the raza of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us as a source of hidayat for the non-Muslims that are around us وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم صلي على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترى من القول والعمل والفعل والنية والهدي إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم لك الحمد كما تقول وخير مما تقول لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الزوال اللهم إنا نسلك الصحة والعفة اللهم إنا نسلك الصحة والعفة والأمانة وحسن الخلق والرزاء بالقدر سمعنا وطانا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين